Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Level Up Cleveland. And this week, we got the guys in here from C-Level. And uh, I'm going to introduce the guys here from left to right real quick before we get into this thing. And um, first of all, I have Dave Ziggy Deaky here. Dave plays yep. guitar, and he's also lead vocalist. Yep. Thanks for having us. Yep. We have Coda Kroos, and he is the bass player. And he's backup vocalist also. Yes, sir. Thank you. He also sings. And on drums, we have Pat Bolin. Yep. And you guys are C-level. Thanks for coming down, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. It's exciting. A lot of times when I, uh, well, every time I have a band on here, especially if they're bands that do original uh, you know, stuff, I have to research them and I listen to the music and stuff. So anytime you do it, you kind of are a little apprehensive about what you're about to hear. You know, you never know anything. I hear, I put your guys' stuff on and I was like, so it's so nice when, it's great music, you know, and and, you. and so you know the interview can go good. I can be honest in the interview. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, no, thank you. That means but a really, lot. I mean seriously. No, really, you guys are you guys are are, are excellent band. Thank you. And and you're and you're another band doing a kind of a fusion thing. You're doing a whole bunch of different things. You're not just pigeonholed into one kind of thing. Um doing a great job. You guys also have an awesome story to tell, which we're gonna get into everything. We you know, you guys had an amazing thing that you did in twenty twenty. many amazing things. But, uh, and, and the way you guys have grown, you guys have a great history. You guys have a lot of music out. We're going to talk about all that. Very cool. Thank so, you. Yeah. So, thanks for do. Thanks for the research. That yeah. means a lot. That no, means a I lot. mean, I mean, seriously, you guys, it, well, it's interesting. You guys have a bio out on, 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 you know, anybody can go up and they can actually read your bio and, and actually at the end of it, they know you guys, you know, they know enough. They know everything they need to know at least, you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To, to form an opinion yeah. that's, that's, that's good. Um, and and our, well, another thing that's cool about you guys is you guys also like to, uh, you guys will play with other musicians, other bands. You'll merge together and you'll you'll do that on your live, whatever. You're just one of the bands that seems to be like very friendly, based, open to anything, cool with everybody. You know, that's the that's really the kind of band we like to get on our show too. Somebody like you guys, and you guys do a great job of promoting other bands and doing that kind of thing, pulling people along with you for the ride, kind of thing. Not to mention, you guys are all really good at what you do. You're you're really good musicians. Cool. That's the best part Jeez, for thanks, me, man. Yeah, yeah for yeah. me when I get yeah. to put it on, right? So let me ask you this: first of all, how do you guys how do you guys get together? How does it happen? Um, no, you know what? Let me back that up before we even get into that question. Okay. Ooh. I want to know about the name because one thing about your name that that, that was cool right from the start when when uh, we booked you guys, yeah, was that. It's a it's sea level, so in your brain, you know, see what sea levels what that is. Yeah. But it's the sea and the level. And when we did this show, yeah, because it's level up Cleveland. One thing I noticed right <laughs> away was the word level is yeah. in Cleveland, right? Yep. So, and I was like, wow, you know, how can I make all this happen? Well, I I, I wasn't that smart, but <laughs> but you guys, when I looked at it, the first thing I see is like if you're like especially if you're from here, you yeah. see sea level. Yeah. But your brain, it's like the freaking, it's like the freaking Skittles. <laughs> Back to the Skittles. It's like the Skittles, because even though it says sea level, your brain almost sees Cleveland. Yes. yes. Right? It's yeah. like, it's like. Optical illusion. Yes. And, and it, it's really cool. Like it deletes that. the dash. And if you guys ever wanted to, like when you guys merge with other bands and do things, if you ever want to just put it up there, sea level and that band, it yep. spells Cleveland. Yeah, oh, sea yep. level and. I didn't even <laughs> put that together ever. 
Actually, the last one of the last shows we played was with a band called Land of Panda. Yeah. And on the flyer, it said Sea Level Land of Panda. And someone <laughs> mentioned that. They were like, it looked like it said Cleveland, Cleveland of, Panda. of Panda. That makes sense there. That's cool. But now, I do I do think that's really neat. I think that's really neat how you guys, I mean, I don't know if that was planned. You know, I don't know, but yeah, if it, yeah. but, it, but it actually you is want, cool. You want to take the name, and I'll then I'll take, the take how we met. Yeah, okay, okay. Cool. So, like, with the name, um, me, in high school, I, I played in a band, and uh, it was kind of a ragtag group of, like, a bunch of kids coming from different levels, one of which being Zach Dimmer, who used to be the bass player in Wanyama. And um, we were driving to a gig we had at um, Grindstone Tavern, which is now, it's a bar and brewery, I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, no, it was Scoundrels, now it's Grindstone. Oh. Um, and we're going there trying to come up with a name, and the drummer's name was Tom Durr. Right, and Tom's a—he was a great drummer. He's a great guy, and we're trying to come up with like a name as we're heading there. And between Zach and my dad, because this was in high school, yeah. they came up with a. Well, what if it was Sea Level and Durr because of Tom Clevelander, right? And then oh. Tom goes and becomes like a Mountie or something, and like <laughs> I, I'm not even joking. He does something with nature now, and it's really cool. Like a forest ranger. Yeah, yeah. he does something super awesome. Mounties are Canadian. <laughs> And like American so, mountain. we just got rid of the Ander, and in my mind, sea level is a kind of a cool, like weird character or something. And and then now it's just it's just what it is. No, it's so cool. It, it it came kind of with that illusion in a way that you pointed out. Yeah, and it, like it's cool. I mean, because it really it, and and you guys seem to be uh, really big about the scene. You know, it's not like you guys are just coming up trying to trying to do something for yourselves as a band or anything. You guys seem to em- embrace the entire scene around you like you're you really want to be a part of this this thing that's cleveland the cleveland scene you know like not everybody thinks that way i don't think you know what i mean i think some people you know they're a part of the scene because they're into music but not really willingly wanting to be a part of the scene does that make sense no that totally makes sense if i can like kind of build off it like we've always like i mean if we look at any like cool music movement it's not just one band if you think of the 90s grunge movement you're not like oh you know it's nirvana Soundgarden, pearl jam the, the list falls out and not even to make a movement or whatever but the idea of like doing some type of self-expression and that's your mode right it's if you look at what that is oh here's someone just doing this thing for them that's kind of like that's that that makes it kind of shitty it's just a, well, it, i do this for me thing yeah but there's also a positive twist on it when you look at it in a bigger picture. And for me, this is what is always and mattered is this aspect of it. If you embrace what you do, if it's cooking, if it's podcasting, if it's uh, making music, making films, and you fully go into it, the people around you see that you're doing that thing. And they see you going all out and having a thing. So much, So many of us don't have a thing. Like, so many of us go through life trying to find the thing, just wanting the thing, and how yeah. blessed we are all now to be here with our things individually and be able to share that. Yeah. But if you have this thing and you chase that passion, it that is more important than what the thing is. And, like, that's the beauty of chasing what you like to do. Other people see that and can use that as a step towards what they want to do. So it's an energy thing. It's an energy yeah, thing? Yeah, it's an energy thing. It's a thing that you, pre- you, you give off an energy, and when right. you do, other people will pick that up, and it becomes their energy. Right. Mm-hmm. And, like, without that, it becomes that kind of self-endeavor. But it's way more beautiful to see someone blossom off what you've done. You know, the thing, the thing I will say about that, to, to embellish on that, is that 
when when we first started doing this, we knew we knew what we thought were quite a few bands locally. Until you start doing yeah. podcasts, and then you're like, "Oh my god!" You get like five in, and you're There's like, so "Oh, many. I only have five. Well, you you get five bands in, and they realize after five that. You now found out about another hundred that you didn't know about. Mm. Based on those hundred, now there's another thousand you didn't know about, and there's just so many of them. And I think the thing that that, that we've learned is that not only are there a lot in numbers, but there's a lot of really ta- unbelievable talented people locally that you can really get into. Like like it's not you know when you're first getting into the local scene, you're starting to learn what's out here and, and what's going on around you. I think a lot of people take on a, that persona that, well, they're local. They can't be that good. If they were that good, they would be national or they'd right. be international. The only, only the good ones make it right. That's there's a, there's a mindset there with mm-hmm. people. Right. And, and so they, they, they they veer away from the local scene. They're not, Oh, you heard about that. Oh, I heard about them. But you know, it, they, until you get into it, until you start yeah. really seeing and meeting people and going and watching them live. And you're like, Holy shit, man. Yeah. There's so many of the local guys are better. Than the national acts that are out there, because they were all local at one point, right? The right. Other. And I think that mindset is kind of an older mindset. It's a pre-internet mindset where it's like, I think with something like the internet, you can still get reach. You can still be seen by a lot of people while still being local. Yeah. You don't need, like, like nobody needs a record label really anymore, or they don't need to be signed to a record label. That's why people went to New York. They went to L.A. They went to Memphis because that's where the labels were. That's how you got a job at a studio. But now people can make studios, you know, anywhere in their basement, in their car. You don't need to go to, like, a mecca of music when you just need a Wi-Fi connection nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. And the other mm. thing about this, though, is that when it comes to, uh, the scenes that, because you guys, you actually brought up the the grunge scene, right? The Seattle yeah. scene, right? right? That happened. That scene happened not because of the bands. It happened because of the fans. The people of Seattle made that scene happen. Mm. There's always bands in every city. There's yeah. always bands playing all over the place. But if you're not getting, if people aren't showing up at your venues and people aren't selling out bars, you're not selling out places. Nobody knows about. It. There's no vibe. Nobody's yeah. coming to see your shows. There's nobody to sign you. You have to have a, a, a scene. Yeah, it sure. has to be yeah. a scene. That place was hopping at that time. They were coming out there to see their bands full drove. That's what happened in Seattle, and it and it, and it carried over. It mm. spilled over. They started all signing them bands up because of that reason. That's what we're trying to see happen here again. Right. Not only, not only, but just fill these places up. Yeah. Some of these bands are amazing. Yeah. You guys are one of them. You guys can Thank do you. it. And like I said, it's cool how you guys will, will play with other bands and do things. You know, let's get back. I want I want I want to get back now to the question. Cody's time. I first asked was how do you guys get together? Oh, um, so me and Dave and I met when we were teenagers. I told you beforehand that my mom was a bartender. Uh, she bartended at a place called the Phoenix in North Olmsted, and it was called the Phoenix Two for some reason. There was no Phoenix One. <laughs> For some reason, Dave always wants to bring that up. But uh, <laughs> she told me, she told me, there's this, there's this kid playing at the open mic night that can play just like Jimi Hendrix. You got to come up and meet him. And I was, I think, around 13 at the time, and he was, I think, 16, 15, 15. something like that. And so I came up there, and I had never played on stage before. I got on stage with Dave, maybe the second or third time I met him, and we played a Jimi Hendrix song. And ever since then, me and him have been musical partners. Every everything we've done, we've been together. We started Sea Level after 
maybe like five years of playing together. We had another band like that. Yeah. before that called Aberration, and Dave was playing in a bunch of bands. I was playing in other bands, and we started Sea Level, yeah, in the end of 2010 um, with Jay Schneider. He was our original drummer. We've had Sparrow. a lot of drummers over the years. Jay Sparrow. Jay Sparrow. So <laughs> a lot of drummers, a lot of yeah. changes. So, so it's basically you two are the mainstays, and then... Well, Pat's been with us now for... Is Pat, gonna make, is, is Pat gonna make it? Is he gonna? Is he gonna? Seven years? No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna explode into. <laughs> oh, green I know this goo. dude. Doesn't this remind you? Tap? Totally, yeah. spinal tap story, right? Yeah, this is what absolutely. It is. exactly. Until no, Pat came along. Yeah, I met Dave in at in college at Cleveland State. We were both yeah. in the music program there, mm-hmm. and I think it was like my sophomore year, sophomore junior year. I started playing with them, and. That was, and I think it's been seven years. I think it was 2016 when yeah. we joined the band. Yeah. And that was like, that was the turning, like, me and Cody were always going uphill and stepping back with people. And then when Pat came in, it was like, finally, we can look at the stuff we want to do cool. and like move on. And like, that was such a magic moment because it's, and so he's able to, he's able to, to, duplicate what you guys are trying to write. He's, no, he makes well, it better. Yeah, way, oh, he yeah, makes yeah, it yeah. way better. Like, oh. Oh, oh, uh, you brought up earlier oh. that we'd like to do a lot of different sounds. And so every drummer we had before Pat was like, one could play punk really good. One could play... Rock drummer. Yeah, every drummer. one of them was good at one thing. And when we got Pat, it was like he could just do everything. Sweet. <laughs> and just oh. songwrite better with us. Yeah, like, yeah, that was for sure. Little aspects of tunes that maybe I didn't think of or Cody didn't think of and be like, let's trim this. Let's have it go here. So you do this. You so know. he's got an arranging type mindset where you can you can you can, you hear the whole thing. You're like, wait a minute, that's too many of those. I just get annoyed when things go on too long. <laughs> like no, really, let me the patience. It really that's is a good way to put it's, it. It's really just like an ADD kind of thing. Like this has been going on for way too long. Scratch that. He's a great composer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Drummers and ADD. I don't know what's going on, but it's, it's, it's no, it's a, a fuel. It's a fuel. Yeah, it is. It's a thing. <laughs> So, so who who does write the most? I mean, do you do, do you the guitar player, the lead? You know, like one thing I will th- say when I, I notice about this band that's really cool, you're a real good lead guy. You know, like you're really good at the front guy thing. You're really good at guitar. Thank you. You're a really good drummer, dude. Really good drummer. Thank you. But the one thing I notice about this band is you stand out in my, when I was watching this band. I'll tell you why, dude. Like you, you know, the, in, especially in a three piece, you really got to be the glue. Like that brings the lead and the rhythm, mm-hmm. and like you got to like make you got to do both almost, yeah. kind of like tie them both together. And you're really good at it. Like you're you're like you stand out. You're prominent, but you're not annoyingly prominent. Like you you. you play tastefully, but you're but you're you're definitely in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Playing cool stuff, playing stuff that's not even really you know he's not what he's even playing. It's just complimentary. Really cool. I think that's part of the reason why I really like this band. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. That's a, one of the challenges of being in a three pieces. Like you said, you kind of have to bridge the gap between the two of them. And with Dave, he plays a lot of um, weird instruments, like twelve string guitars, weird tunings, or yeah. And so a lot of the times, I can't just play what he's playing. Yeah, right. Because I don't even have those notes. Well, you have a five string bass. I saw you playing. On the I do play a five yeah, string. Yeah, yeah. Yes, um, which I play in another band, Wanyama, and I started playing the five string because of that band but i do use it in sea level um to it does help kind of to match with some of his weirder tuning <laughs> that's cool and, and, and what i've always since i started playing with these guys i've i've always just been like man cody is the kind of bass player i've always wanted to play with and it's just very exciting the, like me and him we share a lot of music tastes and stuff like that we we 
a lot of the rhythm sections we both love, like Fishbone and stuff like that. I've always wanted to be in a band like that, and I wanted to play with a bass player like that. So it just is so easy, and my my ear goes right to what he's doing, and I find it's just the most fun and easy thing to play with him. So is that what this band is, is kind of like you guys have all done your time elsewhere with other bands doing other things and stuff. And this becomes a culmination of like all that. And you're like, you're like, I want to be in a band where I can just do anything, all of it. Like, and, 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 and is that what this band has become for you guys where it's like, this is that band for you where you can come here and just unload. There's definitely a, lo- a level of comfort to it. A level, uh, uh, a, co- a comfort level, a C level. Uh, oh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was very good. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't really go in with a certain idea of what a song or the band is going to sound like. I don't think any of us do. Maybe we do. Uh, I don't. But I definitely feel it's just a very natural back and forth sort of ricochet of bouncing off each other. I, I think what I'm saying, though, is like other bands, though, a lot of times if you're in a rock band, you, you keep, there's certain ideas you just can't bring to that band mm-hmm. because it's a rock band. Where you're, This seems like a band where you could just, is there an idea that you guys are like, oh, no, I don't really like that. That doesn't fit what we not, do. Not really. He's laughing because he brings so many songs to the table that yeah. me and Pat are like, yeah, let's not do that one. <laughs> but it's not like that. It's just it's because Dave does a lot of solo gigs, and he has his solo thing, so sometimes there's songs that are written that just have... In the loop loop mindset. Yeah, more of a loop. Yeah, mindset. he uses a lot of loop pedals. So a some, solo mindset. Yeah, it has more. And we're like uh, S level. We're not necessarily <laughs> contributing to the song like we would in a, the sense where we usually do. But as far as like genres go and styles, yes, I think we've always like approached it from the sense of anything goes. But, and even things that we can't do mm-hmm. that we've always wanted to do. At this point, we've now been able to find friends. Yes. yes. That can do those things. Oh. So we're like you brought up the video we have with Leah Mara where they're playing the violins. We can't play violin. We can't with this stuff. We could. What? Yeah, we we can't. We can't (laughs) do pretty female harmonies. Yeah, right, 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 right. Or we have uh, on our new album. We have a song with uh, James Muschler, the drummer (laughs) from from Moon Hooch, (laughs) and playing tablas. He plays tablas in that sort of like Indian style, and it kind of makes it sound beefed up, like like Tool or something, and. We could never do that on our own, you know. So it also comes from us liking exactly. pretty much all yeah. kinds of music. Yeah, we, yeah, that's we really, the... we, you know, we don't close ourselves off to being like we we're not going to listen to world music. That's stupid, or, yeah, right. or something like that. Because everything, everything you ingest is going to come out in one way or another. Whatever you listen to is going to come out in your playing, as long as you're listening enough and you're playing enough. You might not have to be actively being like I'm going to do an. Indian raga thing, but if you find what you like in that kind of music, you can find some way to kind of shoehorn it into a reggae song or something like that. Whatever it is that Dave will come in with. Yeah, I got you. I got you. And 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 so, do do the, the a lot of the starting ideas come from from Dave? And then I think so. Yeah, he's the principal songwriter. He, so you come writes. in with the initial ideas, and yeah. did, and then because your baseline is definitely like I said, it's not always root notes and stuff like that by no need by by no means, mm-hmm. but. So is that what you're doing? You're basically coming in with a rhythm. You're coming in with ideas and stuff, and then you're letting these guys kind of like, yeah, like take so over. I'll like I'll write a song, like a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge idea, and be like, help. What do we do? Is this good? <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. And like, do you like this? And like, kind of build off what Pat uh, was saying. Like, it's it's really cool because everyone can kind of 
take what they like and put into it. Now it's not just like my lame song idea, but it's our like shared interest. Yeah. So like one of the one thing that stuck out on this new record, the the title track, Pat's like, oh, that's just a love supreme, and I never thought of it like that. Like on Think for Yourself. Mm-hmm. Like it, th- that beat you said, this is just a love supreme. And we yeah, love that love record supreme. as a as a band. Like if we had to say one record we all love, that would definitely be. And one I of only them. did it because I I don't even even know if that fits well. But I was really just hoping that Cody and Dave would be like, "Are you playing the love supreme thing?" <laughs> you know, because I was just uh, that's mostly why I was doing it. It's mostly just to entertain them. Yeah, right. It was like it was almost like a joke you were trying to like, almost. Right, and right. then I was like, "Oh, it fits." And yeah. then I started. And then I started. <laughs> fucking with it a little bit more and more. It's and amazing. That's, that's the other thing is that we do this over a, like a pretty long term. Like yeah. we'll work on a song for a couple months. Yeah. We'll just shed it every practice. It, it won't just be like we just do it once and that's it. It's yeah. it's like there's there's certain bands they work on an album on tour and then they record it after the tour because it takes that long for them to be like this is the right part. Right. So I I prefer that kind of long term development of songs as opposed to just like going into a studio one day and just writing it. Yeah. So you yeah. guys you guys go into a studio ready. Pretty the much. The songs are yeah, pretty much pretty done much. at that point. And you guys know what you guys are going in there to record. Yeah. Yeah. At least as far as like the basic tracks. Sometimes Dave has some lyrics he's got to tweak or harmonies. Melodies, yeah. Harmonies. There's a lot of like kind of uh, studio flavors that come later. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. As, as, you're, far- as, as you're hearing it flesh out and everything's yeah. starting to pile on, you're like, oh, it needs a little of this or it needs that. I didn't know exactly. that. It's kind of, that kind it, of thing. That's when it's the final draft. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's what the studio's for. That's really yeah. what it is. Not just to capture it, but for those little moments, the things that nobody even realizes as they hear these songs that went into these songs, these little things that you had to fill gaps with and that's what we call take we, things out of that you're like, oh, that doesn't belong. We that's what we call the purple banana. <laughs> what? I haven't heard this. <laughs> what? When you're listening to a song and you hear that one unsung moment that you're like, that's that's the best part of the song. But it's not like the guitar solo or, you know, it's that unsung little drum fill or yeah. whatever. And you're like, that's, Where'd the, you hear that's purple the purple banana. banana. Okay. It's no. just something me and Dave have been it saying for like a, a while. I like it. Like it. I know exactly what you mean. It sounds though. like a Frank Zappa quote. It yeah, kind of. Oh, Zappa and the purple bananas? It does. It sounds like something he would say. Hey, man, that's the purple banana right there. <laughs> I know he said you got to put the eyebrows on it. That's how he's, That's what he's called, like, the finishing bit of any song. You put the eyebrows on it. Yeah, stuff. finish it off, man. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. Sick. Good timing. We come back. Uh, we'll be back here in a few minutes with the uh, guys from C-Level. We'll come back. You're listening to Level Up Cleveland. Hello, everybody. Big Bry here. This June 10th Level Up Cleveland Concert Series presents Bittersweet Revenge. You can try to Olathea. And Craig Martini. See them all June 10th at the Maple Grove Tavern. Show starts at 8 p.m. 21 or over. Go to levelupcleveland.com for tickets and information. What's going on, Level Up listeners? Signal Flow Studios is a Cleveland recording studio founded in 2013, located in the steel yard just down the hall from Brian and Pat at Level Up Cleveland. At Signal Flow, we pride ourselves in offering top quality audio and a great recording experience to artists here in town and from across the country. But what makes us unique at Signal Flow is our undivided attention to the people who keep us going. That's you, the artists. 
So come on in and let us make your music our top priority. You can book online at www.signalflowstudio.com or give us a call at 216-920-2075. We'll see you soon. And we are back with the guys here from Sea level We got Dave, we got Coda, and we got Pat. And I want to talk to Dave for a little while because just a little bit ago, I heard you say that you do a looper show. You, yes. you do loops and stuff. Yeah. And we get a lot. We get that in here. Really? You know, we get, oh, yeah. We okay. got, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Craig Martini or, or oh, yeah, yeah. Unified Culture or any of that stuff. But, but I mean, you'd like Craig. He's real good, man. And, and he does a bass looper. Mm. And it's super cool. It's kind of poppy. But it's it's still it's it's like amazing to watch. Yeah, and we've had uh, Billy Sullivan in here. We've had okay, uh, yeah, Tyrone Hornbuckle. We were saying, yeah, yeah. Those guys all do little looper stuff and all they're all involved in all that stuff, and it's really cool yeah. to see. And and one of the cool things about the loopers is that it takes the band out of the equation. And if you can actually go get a payday with it, it actually, actually, I mean, I'm being dead serious yeah. with yeah, you. Yeah. This is the this is the key with the looper thing is that you can actually perform. And you can actually make a, a living doing music as long as you have a gig like this. Yeah, and and it it, it makes a difference. So I think they're cool, but they're they're tough. I mean, like right. these these loopers aren't just you know it ain't they're not made so that anybody can do them. It takes practice. It takes trial and error. It takes figuring out what works for you type thing. Right, right, right. Um, well, and to build off, I guess build off that. Like the only reason I do that is because they can't be there. Like, that's the only reason I have a loop set is because they're busy. And if I had to put it in any way, I would prefer they be there for all of it, you know. And, like, the loop set's only like, will you still accept the acoustic guy if there's more sounds behind it, you know? Yeah. And most people are like, yeah, whatever. I mean, honestly. But. Sorry. It's becoming a popular thing to do, though. I mean, more and more you're seeing more and more of the looper thing because, like I said, it's it's cool. And if you're trying to make a living being a musician, these yeah. are the kinds of things you got to start figuring out as a musician because the, the payday isn't there like it used to be. Like right. you can't make a living doing it like you used to do at one time, or you went out, you got signed by a record label, and you got rich if you were good enough. Right. You went on tour and stuff. It's so it's so DIY now. Right. Which, you know, it's totally a different yeah. world now. It's yeah. hard, and it's hard to make a living doing music because. For one, there's so many freaking bands out there now doing yeah. it, like compared to what it was at one time. But it's just it's just a harder gig. There's the, the money's not there. People aren't buying music for yeah. one, right? I mean that's yeah. that's that's the problem when it comes. So you, you got to figure it out, right? You got to figure it out, and and I think it's cool. And the kind of like so the whole like idea of doing any creative endeavor, right? Music or any of the things we lifted off before, but like uh, is finding ways that you can do it in any format. It's the fit into whatever situation is presented and like looping in my case has helped out a lot. So when we're doing a, a, a fest gig or something, the band can't do it, but they'll take me doing looping stuff or a bar gig. And I think people like to see that thing become a whole song, you know, Oh, there's that part. Oh, the that's still going. yeah. The, yeah, the build. build's cool. It's like, there's not too many things that are, are like, I don't know if maybe I, it's probably the same way with like baking. Like if you see someone with powder, now it's a cake. That's kind of cool. How that happened. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Like I get it. But like, and to kind of speak on, we are in this void that is very DIY and very, like, so many people are doing their thing, which is cool. Because in a way, like, maybe it's just a false perspective that we have a little bit more control of it. Or there's just too much of it to be controlled, right? There's too many people doing different things. And, like, but 
I think we like to look at it in a way where it's like, this is cool. Everyone's kind of on board with us. We're in this together type of situation. Yeah, cool. And it's way more fun to celebrate everyone attempting to do the same thing and attempting to share and express themselves in that way. So a common goal. Almost, yeah, yeah. Common goal. It's just, it's like, we're all wearing band shirts in a way, Yeah, right. Uh, you yeah, know, right. like oh, it doesn't even have to be the band we like, but I can see you're trying to do it too. And, and like with that type of perspective, we can all be on each other's teams unless, you know, you're kind of like too self-involved or too worried about it, but well, not everybody's the same, you know, not everybody yeah, does yeah, yeah. Things, you know? for sure. Do you bring the looper thing to the, to the band gigs too? Uh, I, I, so that you can, you could like, Solo over a rhythm or anything like that, or you guys just we just would never let him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've we've done we've done gigs where one of us couldn't make it. Like yeah. we did a gig where Pat couldn't make it, and I let him loop some stuff. And then he, me and Pat did a gig where Cody couldn't make it, and word on the street was that was a really good gig. People love. Well, we played. That, that was because we played on the street. <laughs> that's that's why it was, a si- it was a sidewalk. It was gig. a sidewalk gig. Oh, the Shouts word on, so the word top. on the street was immediate. Yeah, yeah. it was it was the only word. It's just hard to keep, uh, it's hard to, like, w- it's hard to keep with that locked-in rhythm, you know Because what I mean? it's so repetitive. Because when you have a rhythm section, especially like me and Pat, we mentioned, like, Fishbone, we like rhythm sections that can flow, like, they flow have... and swing and sway and yeah. hang behind the beat and go ahead of the beat, and you can't do that with the, the loop is just one consistent thing. It's like a click track. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It takes yeah. the organic part of the, yeah, the, the exactly. whole lively You living. can't build the energy, you can't take it away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious because yeah, it, because no. you know it, it just when you have a three piece you do have limits and if you right. you can figure out a way to sometimes create an ambiance or something like that mm. you, you go with it but you guys just you guys just invite another musician right. <laughs> exactly yeah we, if be, we yeah. Can. yeah yeah you know, that's what you can. guys do and um, one another thing Dave is you have a podcast right that you do also and you've been doing it for a little while too right I mean you guys uh, yeah uh, gosh I can't remember when I started it 2018 uh, 2017 I'd say a, a while ago but it was never as consistent until. 2020 and uh, what's it called first of all what's it called? it's called zig at the gig and it's uh it's similar to kind of what we're doing here but just not as nice like because <laughs> it's exactly the, same. the way the way he started it he's kind of burying the lead it's called zig at the gig because the way he started it was he had the idea of doing a podcast at the gig so every Before gig we played <laughs> he would try to interview whoever we were playing with in the van and it was such a cool idea, but it was just logistically terrible. Me and Pat <laughs> would be sitting outside of the van, like, "When can we go home? Are we done with the interview?" And it just it didn't work out. Yeah. That idea because nobody wants to do an interview before they play. Yeah, because there's like or after. Well, yeah, it's, well, it's just yeah, it was it was too much. It was too much. You know, sound checks and everything. Just timing too, trying yeah. to get things to time out right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, but it was fun. It was fun to try it out, and then like. Uh, I work with a negative space. I'm a, on the board there, and I book shows and run sound. And that's a nonprofit art gallery, Superior and 38th. And um, I started to promote their shows with that, and just like interview the people that were coming on. We had like a little setup, and then um, after that, 2020, our friend Michelle Gall. Are you familiar with her? No. Mimi Arden is her band. Um, she's a singer songwriter and super talented. And uh, she did this thing in 2020 where it was uh, virtual shows for CLE or virtual, I think it was just virtual CLE, but it was all through Zoom and like she booked it and all the, it was all like donation based and whoever was performing that night and it was like a song, um, songwriter circle, um, they got all the donations. Oh. And that was, like, the first Cleveland thing to do that. So everyone hopped on that. Gall got, like, super, like, swamped, and it was super cool. So I would interview all the people that she was about to have oh. for that week. 
because no one was doing anything. And they're like, yeah, I'll put up with you, your banter, Dave. And um, <laughs> so that's when it really started to become like a, a thing. And that's when I think Cody stopped making fun of me for it. <laughs> yeah, because for, for years I loathed his podcast. <laughs> and I just, I just made fun of him. And I was like, you're, it's not, you're not good at it. It's not <laughs> happening. I made fun of it until the Mike Watt interview. Yeah, yeah. In oh, 20, really? Yeah, it took yeah. a while. <laughs> yeah. I didn't do it out loud. I was just like quietly like, like no, oh, who doesn't, who I did doesn't it, have a I did it out loud. Who doesn't have a podcast? Yes. Well, yeah, I mean, like, and, and there's so, there's a ton of them out there, especially yeah. even locally. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of people doing it, yeah. you know, and some are better than others. You know, that, that, I mean, that's all there is to it. Yeah, and for you, sure. And you, and you definitely. Some are leveled up. Yeah. Mm. Well, and I, and I will tell you this, though. You do get better. Yeah. Yeah, you get better as you do it. Absolutely. You know, yeah. That's, yeah. that's why I came around, because I went from being his biggest hater of the podcast <laughs> to the number one fan of the yeah, podcast. Right. Well, yeah, right. Well, yeah. And, li- yeah, I listen to every episode now, and I make I sure notes. I give he him notes back notes. and everything. And, yeah, in 2020, because of the shutdown and people didn't have as much to do, he started to get bigger and bigger interviews and started to interview some of our heroes. And that's when I started to be like, well, maybe can I come on the podcast <laughs> and, and, and help you interview these really cool and, people? And, and you can't help but laugh. Like, yeah. you're like, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so that's part of, like, the beautiful part of our relationship. Cody will always check me, and I hope Cody knows I always will check him in a way. And, like, it's an honest, and it's it's helpful, and it's not just like to put someone down, but it's like an honest reflection because we're both doing this thing, just kind of like how everyone's doing their thing, like we were talking about earlier. And if sometimes not people aren't as open or aren't as honest with like what you're doing or how you can do it better because they're worried about how they can do themselves better. So to get that type of feedback and to be like, yeah, I made fun of you every time, and like it's, <laughs> yeah, that, right. that means more coming from someone who wants to see it grow and then wants to get involved and like I feel like that's how we handle our stuff musically too and I think now it's at a point where we're like we trust each other not that I didn't before no, yeah, I know what you like, mean I totally know what you mean we, we talk about it on the show all the time the whole trust thing that builds in a band and how that changes yeah. everything once it happens like once you get to that point where you the trust thing goes it's, it's not it's not what people commonly call trust right. when you say trust it means a whole lot of things especially in a band when the drummer knows that the bass player the guitar player and the singer are so in tune with everything he can literally focus on listening to them and playing his drums and not worry about right. this guy's going to screw up this this guy's going to this guy uh, this guy you don't have any of that going on mm-hmm. and that's the real trust thing that when that, that's when these bands tighten up that's when everything becomes that's when you, yeah. you're, that, that it's trust. It's a lot mm-hmm. of trust that happens. It takes time. Or it's like my, I always think another version of trust is like, I know that they always screw this one part of the song up. And <laughs> I know that they may or may not get it right, but I'm going to make sure that I help them out through this part. Oh yeah. That, 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 but and, but that's, that's part of the organic thing that's yeah. going on. And that of course is nothing to do with Cody and Dave. But yeah. do you guys know of a part that in particular he might be talking about? You guys yeah, what, part am I talk, <laughs> what part am I talking about? Guys? Oh, that's a, that's a, you know what? Um, uh, on the podcast, we did it. <laughs> that's a good question. No, but so the podcast is just an audio podcast. Is that what it is? It's yeah, a, it's there's a, some video. Like I put it all out on YouTube as a single image and okay. like do all the uh, photo. So design. you do put it up on, on YouTube yeah, yeah, yeah. also. There's some of them that are video. Like I'll take the Skype call and like put that up there and like, um, but yeah, for the most part, it's it's just audio. And you just got everything out on Spotify. You got them on all the platforms Spotify, wherever you get yeah. your wherever you wherever listen you, to your podcast. Yep, yep. That's where you can. <laughs> That's get always it. a great one. 
That's cool. Well, that's great, man. And, and, and I encourage people to listen to all that. You know, that's another thing. We get a lot of the podcasters. We're not a lot yet, but we're, yeah. we're in the process of trying to get more. We had the girls from Locally Grown on here. Yeah. Well, you, guys, well, you guys are well, aware well. of them. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah, yeah they're awesome. The Jordan they're girls, cool. the, Jordans. the Jordans. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and to do more of that kind of thing. Get yeah. on each, go on each other's, cross-pollinate. Get out there. Can I get you on a zig at the oh, gig? Oh, hell yeah, yeah? dude. Anytime. Sweet. Both of us. Better. Let's do it. Yeah. That'll do it. We'll Can we do use it. your plate? No. <laughs> yeah, actually, we could. That'd be sweet. Yeah, Let's wrap this one. We'll switch chairs. Yeah, no, we could do that. Yeah, That'd be sick. No, the zig at the gig would actually just be outside in his van. If, you know, don't be <laughs> yeah, we're going old school. Yeah, we're going old school. In the parking lot. I do really like the van thing. I mean, like, there's a lot of a lot of like the vans and the buses and all that. The podcasts that are out there. If it was more if there was more money and like, you know, Stuff behind it, it yeah. might have worked out, but we were just in our minivan, yeah, right, playing with some band we've never met in like Pittsburgh. And Dave's like, "Yeah, you want to hop in the van and do a podcast?" <laughs> well, it's it's, it's that easy though. That's what's cool about them things. It's that easy you can but do. Then, that. But then he started to need uh, Wi-Fi for Skype calls, right. and it was oh, like, yeah. "Oh, we can't." Yeah. And the, well, the Wi-Fi thing, so yeah. To be fair, there's been a return to form. Like um, before <laughs> our Nelson's gig, I, I, I interviewed uh, uh, the drummer to the Violent Femmes. In my van. Because <laughs> like, really? like, we like, it was on phone Dave? call. We were yeah. like, where's Dave? And he's like, oh, he's in his yeah, van. Yeah, me he's and Pat like, showed up to the gig. We're walking around for like an hour. We're like, where's Dave? We don't he see was, his van. He was in his van, and, and he didn't park there. He, he had parked to go, somewhere I else. I parked away from the music. I'm not, I'm no dummy. <laughs> oh, I thought it was because you needed a better co- Wi-Fi connection. No, it's because I didn't want it to be like, Noise so pollution. tell me about your brushes. Bleeding <laughs> through. You know? Yeah, you would not believe that happens here. We know, we know, because we can't control all the bands. Mm. Right, right. We were wondering about that coming up. We, you guys are aware of Tropodelic? You yes. Heard of Tropodelic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they we just we did James begin. He was in here I don't okay. know, a couple weeks ago, and uh, so we were we were up here in, in, uh, doing our band, and he was over here. This is a Bittersweet Revenge, and there's a whole studio of guys over here, and he the guy that records Tropodelic, the studios are right there. Yeah. So they were up here jamming right here. Oh god! And we were trying to do interviews. Yeah, and it was just I mean it was killing us, but. We also have the headphones with the microphones on them, mm. also. Mm. So you we can. just switched out. Man, that worked. Nice. nice. Yeah, Dave <laughs> had Matt on his podcast. Yeah, yeah. Rhodes. Oh yeah. yeah oh, yeah. did you? You yeah, had Rhodes yeah. on here. Oh, cool, man. Cody, like long time ago, uh, auditioned or was going to. That's how. Yeah, that's how. Yeah, for that's funny how we story. How I started bass. playing bass because I was originally a guitar player. Uh, but I used to have the website Backpage. I don't know if you remember that. It was kind of like. Kind of like Craigslist. Yeah, yeah. Backpage was a yeah. They sold. Uh, yeah, and you you would you could go on there and find bands. Bands, mates, people there and who be like, I'm I a remember. bass player. Yeah, I've and never so heard of this. I saw a Backpage ad for Tropodelic that was they needed a bass player. Trop seeking. Mind bass. you, I was like 15 at the time. Oh. I didn't own a bass, so I emailed them. <laughs> Saying like, yeah, I'll audition, and they, and they said, well, Classic. what kind of bass do you have? And Dave had a bass, <laughs> so, he told so I told them Dave's bass and Dave's bass amp, and um, and then they said, well, how old are you? I said, fifteen, and they said, oh, uh, you should have lied. You, you can't, you can't audition. You still had a beard. At yeah, I was gonna say, did you have the beard at fifteen? No, that been no great. I probably had like a couple little. You look, like the, you look like you could grow a beard pretty easy, though. Yeah. Not at 15. <laughs> no. <laughs> I never heard that, that story. With... That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then I went out and bought a bass because cause that happened. I was like, I got to get serious. I got to go buy a bass. So you, you you were just like, what, like noodling around with basses up until that point? I mean, what gives yeah. you the idea to even say, yeah, I play the bass? Well, me to, to be like, in the band. <laughs> I mean, like, that, that, he was that. a fan of the... Yeah, I was a big Tropodelic yeah. fan when I was a teenager, yeah. and Well, not even so much, but that's kind of how I heard of him was from the back page, I think. Yeah. But um, 
Dave, like like I said, me and Dave met at open mic nights. So the open mic night atmosphere is so accepting to any instrument. So I had messed around on drums or bass or whatever at the open mic nights. And I would actually, I liked bass a lot. So I would make my grandma take me to Guitar Center. And she would sit there with me for like three hours while I would just play bass in Guitar Center because I didn't have a bass. And that's kind of how I fell in love with bass and eventually bought one. <laughs> really? So did you did you teach yourself bass basically? or did, was Yeah, it... I've never really taken lessons. Uh, we have a, there's a guy named George Hartwig who me and Dave consider like our musical mentor. And I did take a handful of, guitar lessons from him when I was younger, but that's the only lessons I've ever taken was a couple. And those weren't even like traditional lessons. It was more like, how do you play Cemetery Gates? And he was well, like, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. I want to learn this song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. How about you? How do you learn guitar? And, uh, and, and, and how do you learn how to sing like you? Because you're a great singer. One, well, one, one of the best singers. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that a lot because I spent a lot of time smashing my head against the wall, like being like, ah, oh, this is not good. Um, But uh, my brother had a... Uh, a Squire guitar that he wanted to learn, and he bought it, and he never, like, really did much with it. So I was, like, kind of flumping away with it, and I took one lesson because I didn't know how you – what do you push the metal parts of the wood part? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, right. when you have no clue. And, like, that was a loose string, tight string, Minuteman situation. But, like, once I learned that, um, I learned a couple blues licks. Um, so I took, like, uh, lessons at this place called Tum Thumpers. The guy's name was Henry James. I took a couple lessons from Henry James, which I'm guessing is his middle name. But, <laughs> yeah, um, it's a good one. And he, yeah, it's great. Um, and he was awesome. So I learned how to make notes with it and just kind of just the same way Cody did, just dove into, like, stuff I liked. Yeah, we kind of like, learned on the stage because we were yeah. playing open mic nights when we were 14, 15 years old. So. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it was a really back alley kind of, like, music education in a way because, like, when yeah, like, when I talk to friends that uh, I teach with or, like, who have also gone through college, they're like, yeah, I was in band. I was like, yeah, my my dad took me to bars. And, like, <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. met my best friend at a bar <laughs> and, like. At 15. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but that, in a way, is a, a, an equally, like, r insightful way to learn because it's some of the more academic route doesn't teach you that route. And now I have to learn this academic route. So, like, you're learning these two routes of how to learn music, and each are, like, rewarding and challenging. But, and, and it keeps that endless cycle of learning something new, which keeps it endlessly uh, you know, interesting. interesting. Yeah, but it just, I mean, it takes a certain kind of person to do what you guys did. I mean, like, not everybody thinks this way. I mean, this is like a very different way of thinking. Like, you yeah. guys, you guys, <laughs> like, well, because you guys took it on fearlessly almost, to be honest with you, in my opinion. That's what it sounds like. You know, like, before, you know, how many people learn their, their instrument and are scared to death to go out there and give it a try in front of people? Right. You guys are learning while you're out there giving it a try in front of people. Yeah, what, it, what I can mainly attribute that to was this group of older musicians at the open mic nights that accepted Encouragement. Us. Yeah. So we weren't yeah. going out and playing for other teenage kids that might have been like, yeah, you suck. But we were going out and playing for these older guys in these bars, who and we would get off stage and 10 people would come up to us, oh, that was so amazing. And so we were encouraged from the rip. No matter how bad we were, they just accepted us and invited us in. Yeah, and that, and that kind of caused the fervor, the whole thing that you guys seem to have where you guys became kind of in the obsessed kind of part of, right. of, of learning well, this and becoming the obsessed musician. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was at that age where we're trying to figure out who we are and what benefit we have for anything, you know. And to build off that, that was kind of our home brew. That's what we were kind of growing up in musically. And at that, not too far after that time, I did a tour with this band, State Radio. 
And like they were so accepting with their uh, crowd and how they interacted with people. And it became clear that the only reason this works is the only way this matters is is if it's open and welcoming because that's why we're here. That's why we had any sense of purpose or any sense of like – um, a voice that can be heard, right? Is be letting someone be heard, listening, yeah, yeah, and yeah. like, um, and like maybe that's because of this back alleyway we did it, and and the build off. Maybe it wasn't as as nerve wracking because not everyone had a phone, not everyone was recording like what you're doing and judging it later, or even if they were, we didn't care because no one knew who, we, you know. Yeah. And like, and in a way, there are some videos out there of us that maybe we're not stoked about, like, because we were 15. But when I watch those, I'm glad we have those, and I'm glad I'm not that that musician anymore. You I'm, saw yourself grow from there now. You right. Know I'm right, glad yeah. to be like, I, I went out there and I sucked, and yeah. I can look at that awful recording and have all those icky feelings and, like, be like, I'm glad I moved past that because, like, to build off what you are saying, a lot of people are kind of afraid to do that. Yeah, right. And oh, I yeah. think if we had more, like, a uh, welcoming community in a way, like, not that we don't. I believe that Cleveland has one of the coolest communities like around and like I, I know you had some questions on some of that nonsense we can get in later good nonsense but like we have one of the like <laughs> cut <laughs> but you know what i mean like but we have one of the most supportive like scenes around and like and that's part of like what we want to do is continue that yeah 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 and the, well, let's, let's talk about some of that Let's talk about some of the stuff that you guys have done because I got to tell you what, in my research with you guys, I get to the part where you guys are doing this stuff in 2020 and pulling it off. Like, let's just talk about that. I mean, you guys That's... are pulling off some some big numbers when you guys, at the end of the, some of these benefits that you guys yeah. are doing and helping out a lot of things and people and, you know, some stuff that we a lot of people were talking about. You guys were actually doing it. And there was other yeah. bands, yeah, like 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 helping out venues. You know, like when, when the venues were in trouble – there was every, you know, you heard a lot of the musicians talking about doing benefits for the venues, and there were some. I'm not saying nobody did. There were some, but when the ones that actually went out there and did it, and you guys are getting in the upper thousands of dollars, you're, you're not, you're not just going out there and getting a few hundred bucks and being like, yeah, we did our part. You know, at the end of the day, you guys are coming up with, you know, you're, you're going, which is, you know, that's got to feel amazing that you guys can 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 do that. <laughs> Yeah, for you sure. Know, like, yeah. But, 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 I, no, but I really want to talk about like what you guys did so people know. I mean, I, listen, I understand you didn't do it for recognition. You didn't do it for the – but you deserve it. And you're on the show, and you're going to get it. Well, so that's how that's how that's how that that's kind of how that's gonna work. I mean, yeah. I think <laughs> all I, right. Well, because I, honestly, when I was when I was going over this stuff, I was like, holy shit! I couldn't believe the number amounts at the end of the day that what you guys were able to raise thank you. doing this stuff online. Yeah, that's well, the other thing. A lot of it wasn't. There was. The, a lot of it, was, it was in semi in person. It was half semi in line. Yeah, but line. that was during the whole. Uh, you, everybody was six feet apart thing, yeah. where you could only put like mm-hmm. one sixth of the amount of people into a venue. Yeah, and how many people did we get at the Beachland? We like, sold it out, dog. We sold <laughs> out. So, I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I, I got to be honest. I laughed when I read that because it says <laughs> all the shows sold out. And it was like six foot, and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I was but, gonna say, but a lot of the donations came from people watching you guys online. I mean, which that's is the thing that was every that was like the only option. Everybody had to be online. Yeah. So, so, so let me just go through a couple down. of these. What you guys are doing? This all is right. all in one year too. So you you mentioned negative space. That was a that's a a, a gallery that you're 
you've you've worked with and you, right. you've done and obviously they were facing some hard times like a lot of people were after the pandemic was starting to wind down and you decide you guys are going to step in and you're gonna and there's some other bands that helped you with this too yes. right everything you're gonna say there was other bands that right. Helped. yeah right 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 <laughs> but but still I mean like listen I heard you guys I was like these guys are part of the reason why people were donating they're good for sure uh, um so so at the end of the day five thousand dollars was raised to help them out and that got them through the rest of the year that's yeah. amazing it's amazing. Mm. It is. Thank you. It's, yeah, I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't remember that we raised that much. Yeah, I remember some of the other ones. I think you're gonna. Well, say, that's a but, great time. That's a great benefit. But yeah, you don't yeah. remember. That's very yeah. benefit. That's pretty beneficial. Well, so good benefit. Gotti opens his walls and his stage for so many people in Cleveland, and all year, always for for a almost for over a decade now. And who's Gotti? Gotti Zamir is the thank you, Pat. Is the uh, founder and owner of Negative Space, which is a nonprofit art gallery, Superior and Thirty Eighth. And he's an artist. He's a he's an artist, and he does wood burnt paintings, like where he, he did our last two album covers, right? And he'll take like if you guys can't see this nice piece of wood over here on the wall, but he'll take the grain in that and he'll tell a story with it, and he'll sketch on it and then burn it and paint it, and becomes a and he uses all these different mediums to wow. tell this story. And negative space is filled with like giant works of his, and like he, he's like. Oh, it's it's never been for negative space. It's never been about profit. I've been on the board there for like six years, and I've made seven dollars. You know what I mean? Like, I <laughs> are you sure? I mean, did you? Are, I, I probably, me and Gotti probably went and bought like donuts with that. Like we did. Yeah. Like <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, I'd, I've I I've always been there because of that because it's been open because it brought back that sense of community that me and Cody experienced when we first started playing, but on a different you know platform because yeah. art can be a little more trickier to get your first show but once you have that on paper that's a big deal you know and like so then when Gotti reached out and said he was doing this um GoFundMe and he's like I hope we can stay open like we just immediately knew we had to See, try it's something. Like, it's it's almost it's like it's corny, but it's like it's like when Captain America's down on the ground, he just <laughs> gets, he just knows he has to get up and do that thing. That's how it was for that us that year. Everything that happened we'd be we got to go do it right now. Like, this, 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 this sounds like it kind of went, though, like the going to the to the uh, jam nights and the older dudes are kind of encouraging you. You guys get through the first one, and it's like, holy shit. And now it's like, now now what are we going to do? Now where are we going? Who are we going to – now let's let's take this thing. And, well, and you, yeah. I mean, did that kind of start the kind whole – It was more so just they just kept popping up. We had a friend that needed our help. And then oh, once so we helped else, that friend, so people were organizing these things, help. and you guys were just getting put onto the bills. Well, we no, organized we, we, most of them. Yeah, we oh. put all of them together. Okay. Well, everything the, that I'm sure. <laughs> so that's we, what I'm saying. That's well, kind of what I'm saying. But the thing was, it, it it came from, like Cody said, a friend of ours, and like we're like, how can we help out? And like, could we organize a week of Zoom for negative space? It was all online. Can we organize... A, a week long concert benefit thing and just push Gotti's GoFundMe and see if it gets anywhere. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, Gotti, the other bands aren't doing anything. Right. Well, not even if they weren't, they are, you know, everyone was panicking. They were doing something. But the fact that, it, like, I remember Hank calling Gotti every night and he was just, we'd cry. Like, because it was so moving. It was so, and like, he's someone that gave so much. And they see that people wanted to give back and keep that place open. And that's what Cleveland is. That's yeah. the beauty that we have here is people can recognize opportunity and people growing in a place for that to grow and want to keep that around here cool all right we're gonna take another break real quick we'll come back i want to talk more about these because you guys got a couple other things and then we're gonna talk about now what's going on in the future for you guys sick 
when we come back with Sea Level. This is Level Up Cleveland. What's up, everybody? This is Don Foose from One Life All In, The Spud Monsters, Run Devil Run, Lifeline, and my solo band, Foose. I'm coming at you live to let you know I have a new book out called Motivate Me. It's a memoir of inspirational quotes, stories, and life lessons. This book takes you through my life and shows how I've handled adversity firsthand by the inspiration of others. If you lack enthusiasm but want to make goals in life and get after them, then this book is for you. To order, go to my website at foosforlife.com, F-O-O-S-E-F-O-R-L-I-F-E.com, foosforlife.com. I'd like to send a big shout out to Big Bry and Pat the Producer at Level Up Cleveland for making a platform for hometown musicians and artists like myself to promote our bands and projects. This is Don Foos signing off for the Level Up Cleveland podcast. Peace out. guys from sea level you got dave coda and pat hi yo we're just talking about some of the benefit things you guys did in 2020 and i want and i like i said i know you guys are humble about it you know but i want i want because some of these numbers are, are are amazing we talked about negative space you guys did that benefit form there's some other bands obviously that helped what were some of their bands that helped out uh taylor lamborn ray flanagan so um, many matt moody was on that one um michelle gall um, that's, uh, I got, I've, I typed so many of the names, yeah, so, so, much. so, so Dan the, Soha and Bethany Joy. And you guys do this all over a period of one day. Is that how that worked? One it was week. Just, one week. It was over a so week. So it was like every a night. concert every night and wow. it led up to one in the gallery where we were live streaming in the gallery. Wow. But the rest of them were online. People just tuned in. Like they went live from their thing. From their jam went, space or wherever right, they yeah, were yeah, at. Yeah, Cause it was 2020. No one could do yeah. anything. Like yeah. we were being risky by going to the gallery, you yeah. know? And like, which it was, you know, that, that particular set is still on our YouTube. I just yeah. watched it yesterday, yeah, yeah. actually. Oh, cool, cool. So they can check it out there. Yeah. Leah Mara, Leah Mara has been on like so many of our, my like crazy, I'm going to try to put this together and do this. And so we have a jewel, big green, like so many of these. Amazing. And a lot of the benefits you're about to bring up, like I said, a lot of the same People, people were doing it, yeah. Because, right. like you right. said, well, once earlier, once just, you got them, it was yeah, easier. It was just the it was community, very you know? easy to do this well, too. That's, that's everybody just thing. jumped on. They were already ready to go. Everybody mm-hmm. knew what to do. If that the kind of C and C level should stand for anything, it could be community. Yeah, <laughs> like very nice. One of our favorite sitcoms as well. Uh, <laughs> you guys do a good job with using your name. A lot of things. <laughs> you guys do a really good job of that. There's a lot of words with C. Yeah, <laughs> there are a lot of words with C. That was the only point I. It's not like X. Like if you guys were X level, That'd you guys cool would be screwed. Yeah, cool would be. We would be. we would want to open for X. <laughs> so you guys also did a benefit not long after that same year for some of the cooler venues that that promote music for us locally, mm-hmm. and that's the Grog Shop yep. and the Beachland Ball. Yep. Yep. And and this was for both at one at one time. Is that what it was, or is it? Yeah. So it was our it was well that year was our ten year anniversary as a band. So I was kicking around ideas of how can we celebrate this 10-year anniversary in a time 
when you can't do much celebrating. Can't do much, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. We couldn't just be like, everyone, come out and risk your life because we've been a band for ten years. <laughs> so, it, so the flip we had on it was, let's pick two venues, let's do two nights, two of our favorites. Yeah, so we did a Friday night at the Grog Shop, and then we did Saturday night at the Beachland. Like Dave said earlier, we sold them both out. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think we raised around fifteen hundred for each venue. So it was around three three thousand total over was, two nights yeah. from those two shows, and it was wow. streamed live in like as well as in person. And each night we brought up someone, another person from another band that meant a lot to us that we grew up playing with, and we learned their material and backed them for a tune or two, and then they played one of ours with us. That's cool. Just yeah. trade so, so it was about three people each night we brought up and did the song swap thing with. Cool, man, cool. And and th- like you said, when you sold this these places out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the reason you're laughing is because this was the time where it was a lot of social distancing and there, right. and there was a lot of Less limited. Room. Yeah, Which people. I will say, in hindsight, the uh, – the Beachland did a really good job of oh, keeping yeah. everyone away from each other. Yeah. And the Grog Shop, everyone got drunk and rowdy. And by the end of the night, they didn't care about Yeah, that. they were yeah. supposed to be in table. Like, ta- they were, you were supposed the tables to be tables. Gone. And the Grog Shop's a tiny place yeah. already. It's like a little dungeon. And I had to go in teacher mode. I had to be like, guys, we're setting an example. Yeah, Dave yelled Like, <laughs> you know, we're... The, like, I didn't yell you keep saying, you're a teacher. Are you a teacher? Yeah, a yeah, yeah. We'll put a pin in that too. for later. What? But, like... <laughs> We'll put a pin in that for later, but uh, but uh, the controlling me. <laughs> actually, that we have that video on our YouTube because James Mushler from Moon Hooch was playing with us, and then the crowd at the Grog Shot got super hype and was moshing and shit, and like we had to be like, guys, we got to sit there. Dave, Dave was too. like, that was really fun. We had a lot of fun. <laughs> Can you guys please sit down? I felt back so in your bad. Team. I like felt so bad. Like the only adult in the room. Yeah, like you're yeah. the only adult in the whole that's, room. That's saying the venue, something. We didn't want the we, we want the grog shop to still be here, y'all. Like <laughs> cool though, but it, but it all worked out though. Yeah, you guys, you guys yeah. were able to. You guys were able to do that. Because the next one is the one that I, I was really stood out. Yeah. This is the one, uh, dog for Diego. Yeah. Yeah. And and this was a service dog. Yes. The, 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 so. Yeah, go ahead, tell Unpin the story. that point. I'm a music teacher at a charter school. Oh. And one of my students, Diego, um, was trying to raise front funds to get a service dog. And, like, he was super stoked about this, and he was sharing, like, his uh, Wags for Kids account, which is the nonprofit that trains the dogs and pairs them with the kids, and they're super awesome. And to this day, we've, I've still been helping out with their, like, uh, their annual fundraiser, like, booking the music and playing it. But, um... So he was he was super hype on getting this getting this dog and I was like it's like nine thousand dollars to get a service dog before you even train it right that's I mean that goes into the training so like before you even think about seeing this dog that's that's the ticket and like uh, so at this point we were kind of like I guess we could try to do one of these things so I reached out to all these venues and booked at every like uh Monday through like I think it was a Monday through a Saturday and like four bands every night we streamed it live. And it was open to anyone who wanted to come or could even like, except, except for one night, which was the Beachland didn't want to do, the Beachland Ballroom wanted just to do stream. That's what we did. And that's the one Lillier was in. And like, oh, cool. They're on the show. Yeah. They were so awesome. They, they, they played, they donated their time, and they're like, here's an extra 200 bucks. Wow. Right? So if, I, if we're going to highlight how cool Cleveland is, like, that's how cool Cleveland is. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, so that whole week, I would, 
teach all day and like Diego and his mom were like, because you know, you don't share social media stuff with students, but this was different. Like we got approval for all this and like they would watch the streams every night and he'll be like, Oh, I really like Liamara. <laughs> like, and then we'd be looking at the numbers. He's like, that's a lot of money. Like, dude, I can't believe it either. So like that one, like, I think, I think with anyone who wants to do anything to benefit anything, <laughs> The more clear it is and the more you can see where it goes, like, there's no facade. There's no, like, we're going to donate to a a, a, non-pro- a company that's going to do something with this money. And this is going to this child. Yeah. You know? or, or, like, you're helping the people of the hurricane right, victims. Right. You, got, you don't you see don't any know. of these victims. Yeah. You're just you don't going. Know how how and, they're being yeah, helped. Right. But when you so, see Diego. Right. You know, this is this is for him. And you can see, like, and, like, it's, it's clear and to the point. And, like, Diego had a lot of issues with anxiety and like I and a lot of a lot of heavy heavy things that a 12 year old at the time shouldn't have to deal with and like a dog a service dog would have been super beneficial in those situations and like and you guys raised the nine thousand freaking dollars the one man. week we got five hundred dollars short and then we planned a, a another event the following weekend at that saturday and for a, an art art um auction at negative space so we were tying it in together. Yeah, right. And Diego even pulled numbers for that one. He was super stoked about it. And um, But uh, right before we went to that event to do it that day, um, Terrestrial Brewery was like, oh, we were supposed to stream it. We had all these problems. Here's 500 bucks. Oh, and like they, 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 they let dogs, I think, into their yeah, place. Yeah, they're, they're all they're about big, dogs They're there. big dog-friendly place. So they were oh. so – and like and then we're like – and like I remember being in a, a teacher meeting and telling one teacher, like, oh, we got the dog, you know. <laughs> We got a dog! <laughs> and, like, and until to cap it, right, a month, a week ago, Diego, like, Diego got the dog a while ago, but a week ago, it started to do its rounds where it can go out and start assisting him in public, and he went to school, it, it went to school for the first time. Wow. So, Dave, if you, if you go on our Facebook, on our, you can yeah. see a picture of Dave and Diego and the dog. Triple D. Wow, oh, yeah. Dave Diego oh, yeah. the dog. So, and that was only possible because of because of that, because of here, because of everyone. Do you know the dog's name? And it, the dog's name's Luna. Oh, and uh, like the bakery, like the bakery. And a side note: uh, Jim Tomey's wife named the dog. Really? What? what? Yeah. <laughs> How cool! Uh, it's she, a great story. She is a super don. Uh, she's a someone who donates every year to Wags for Kids. Oh. And name some of the dogs. Oh. And like That's when I was kick. talking with uh, the Wags, Sarah from Wags for Kids about having Diego do some stuff, um, and when you know hearing how because he goes to all the trainings. Like kids don't go to all the trainings. Diego goes to all the trainings, and oh. he, he's oh. so into it. That's cool. But yeah, it's so so changes cool. life. It does. Uh, oh, yeah. totally right. Everyone I mean, like, who was on life, that man. bill did. Yeah. And like, and now it's here. It's at my work. It's That's crazy. Cool. That's it's sweet. so crazy. It's it's so f- it's like fulfilling. I guess is the word. Like you feel. Yeah. Like, mm. uh, you know, you put in this work, but then what you get back, it's like, you know, y- y- until you do stuff like that, you wouldn't know how yeah. how it feels really. Yeah. Like, you know. That's the payoff. It's so cool. It is. It's, it's cool, cool that you guys did that. I mean, so, seriously, all these things. You I've never had. I've never had them thrown at me like that. So you said it was five thousand, three thousand, four. N- Four? That's what it, yeah. That's what it said. Actually, it did say four thousand. Okay, so five thousand, four thousand, then another nine, nine thousand, eighteen thousand dollars we raised in one year for charities. Well, and, wow, and then guys! We did the knitting for the NICU. Yeah, I was gonna say Amy <laughs> Baker. 20, was that? It was that Amy? A, Amy, and, ba- and Amy was Diego's other teacher, and she had a bunch of uh, her her child had a bunch of like issues. 
birthing and complications. yeah, yeah, birthing complications. And like, so that year we were, we were like, let's do this again. Like we can do something. Let's at least try. It. And that's the whole thing. None of these things we thought we would ever accomplish. Absolutely. Not. These yeah, are, right. he told me $9,000 for a dog. I was like, buddy, we can get a couple thousand, but <laughs> maybe, we're not, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, we'll do what we can. <laughs> and like, you guys I, got nine grand. And to be fair, like the, the fact to see this dog is still surreal. At work to see this dog is like I don't believe it's it happened, it's, it's yeah. yeah it's the great white buffalo it's not real well it's funny <laughs> like, it's it's funny that you attribute like all them nights all them all that moving equipment all that stuff that went into it to this dog <laughs> it's like right. like the, the equivalent it has no idea it has no idea Luna it has every if you're idea. listening Luna what went into that dog yeah. That's awesome though. I mean, seriously, these are these are real good stories. These are real stories of like stuff that this is feel good shit. You know, yeah. I don't always get that on this show. <laughs> well, and and the, the kind of build off where we left off. We anyone who wants to like do a thing and be like it, it can be beyond what you're doing if you just do it and try it. You yeah. know, and like that's I think cool. In the the fact that we can do that around like we all play music and we're gonna celebrate this and if we can set aside our egos and money and put it towards like a dog or a, a baby <laughs> like yeah. I guess or a venue a building, you know we can get past that and really celebrate what it is. Yeah. What we're here to do. Music can make other. a dog. Music can make a dog. <laughs> Literally. We just found out today. We played yeah. music and yeah. it made a dog. Yeah, it made, it made a change of life, too. It made a nice dog. So you guys also, I mean, the whole reason you guys are able to do any of this stuff is because you guys actually make music. Yeah. Like, we've gotten, <laughs> we've covered everything else, yeah. everything else in the world, except for the fact that you guys actually have songs. And that's, <laughs> and that's really what this is all about, right? Yeah. You, guys got, you guys got multiple albums, like three albums. Pretty yes. much, and that, you know, I find that fascinating too. You guys are putting out LPs. You guys are putting out whole collections of work in a, at a time right now where singles are, are the, the way thing, to go. But sure. you guys are going ahead and doing it. And a lot of times, just is the ability to do that. You guys are able to write enough music in a, in a, in a timely enough fashion that quality is still well. in place that you can put out a whole collection of work versus having to do the singles thing. I mean, I think that's mm -hmm. part of it, right? Would it be fair to say? Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah, yeah, we pick some stuff from the albums to release as singles. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After. Yeah. But after. I'm talking about the whole thing that's going on now, where a lot of these bands now they write a single, they put out a single, uh -huh. they have a video attached to it sometimes or whatever, yeah. and then a month or two later they put out another single. And I yeah. guess some of them after they put out eight singles, they'll create. Okay, now I have my collection of work, but they they release yeah. them one at a time. Mm. You guys yeah. are releasing them as a as a collection of work. Yeah, we've always wrote stuff in sort of batches and gone out and played it in batches. So we have our first batch of tunes that we played for many years. And then we wrote some more tunes and then cycled some of the first batch out. And then the next batch, and it's just slowly been like that. Certain songs have stuck around the whole time. We've always played them. And then certain it seems ones like we people... haven't played since since 2011. Because it seems like either people like them or people don't like them. <laughs> or uh, Have you been the drummer on all the albums? Uh, I wasn't on the first one. I've done the but last Is two. the first one seasons, seasonal is not enough? That's the yeah. first one? Yes. Was, okay. So you're not on that album. I'm not on that one, and I'm not on the... Right. Uh, right. Well, yeah. right. He's not okay. on the first two. First okay. two. So you're, yeah. on the, you're, on, you're on Burn Your Own Gasoline, which yes. is such a cool name. Thank you. It Thank is you. A, such a cool <laughs> name. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, so... And all your music is streaming for free, yep. right? Basically, yep. you can go on the on the other platforms and get your music. Now, do you guys have when you guys are playing live? You guys got like staple songs, songs that seem to be the one that you have to. Do you have that song that you're like we got to play that one? Yeah, we play that. Yeah, one. as much as we have a song called like... Yeah, we have the first song we ever wrote was called Stomp. It's an instrumental song, 
and we've ended our shows with that for many, many years. Pat's been trying to get us to change that, change it, <laughs> and <laughs> Dave doesn't want to change it, and I'm it's stuck in the fun. middle. But uh, <laughs> like, 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 like right every now, song, right now. Like, right now. like every single song, like right now too. And know? that's definitely our staple. And then uh, we have a song called "Cleanest Hands" that was on "Burn Your Own Gasoline." That's another one that if we don't play that one, people will tell us how they feel afterwards. Ah, yeah, right. So got, and you guys are already in the process of number four. Yes. So, yeah. Think our fourth album at this point is out. It's because uh, we're in the future. Yeah, 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 that's right. This so April. March 4th. So it came out. It came March out. 4th. It's called Think for Yourself. And we're halfway through the fifth one. So... Oh really? Oh, yeah. So, so that's just, that's your guys. So you guys are that bad. So yeah. you you guys put something out and you don't wait. You don't spend too much time thinking about what just went out. You're no. already what's next? Yeah. Yeah. That's Definitely. awesome. Yeah. There's a cycle to it, you know, because it takes a while to record albums. So once we get the batch written, we're recording it. That may take a year or two, and in that time, we're already writing the next batch. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. You guys and you guys. I mean, seriously, I I, I gotta say, I, I'm very impressed. Well, Very impressed you. with you guys. Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, I, I it's a, it's always a pleasant surprise for me when I t- hit the play button and it's something comes out that's like really great, and you're just like, wow, man, you know. And I was wa- actually watching videos too, so yeah. it was yeah. So you know, it's a little different perspective sometimes than if you're just listening, and. It's just a very impressive, you guys are a very impressive band. And I and I think, you know, you have all the right ingredients, it sounds like. You guys have all the, the drive, you know, like which is a huge, huge thing in this whole game, is having drive, you know. How many bands do you know that write their first album and they, they're, they're so happy that they just, you know, like they never really go back and write a lot more stuff because they just live in that moment forever. Yeah, you know no, we I mean? don't even give ourselves the option. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, and that's I think that's a huge ingredient in the whole you know, getting to them next levels and, and, and becoming bigger and bigger. We're leveling up. Yeah, yeah man, level up, guys. <laughs> we don't normally talk so much levelage. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, right. This is the first time. Wow, well, we all have we have something in common. Yeah, there we go. But to, to speak on that point, and I think maybe that goes back to that Mike Knight situation where we're like, Always try. I mean, we know like at this point we're welcomed and we're accepted, but we're like, are we actually good? Yeah. Uh, the existential like drive to keep trying to do something that we enjoy and love, and that's been part of that process. Yeah, no, so you guys, like, you're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> Trust me, I'm not there right now. I think a lot of people are about Thank to you. find that out if they didn't know. I mean, if whoever's watching this and they want to go check it out. Definitely, I, I would. I would definitely go. Uh, go find out what these guys are all about, man. Well, thank you, you so it's much. It's not hard to find them. C level. There's no Letter other band's C- name C level. That's another great thing. No other band's name C level. Good job. Well, that's good to hear because we have found a few over the yeah. years. Oh, have you? I, yeah, I, I yes. couldn't find any. Okay, that makes us happy. Well, that means I'm glad that our search recognition, we have whatever, a is. yeah, right. You guys got a better sound. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for coming down. We're thank gonna, you we're gonna, so much for yeah, having man, us. Cool. Thank you so much for having us. Thank uh, you. Fuck yeah, man. We great. appreciate you. Check you out our new album. Thank you. Uh, think for what's yourself. the new album called, by the way? Think for yourself. Okay, think for yourself. Think and, for yourself. And, that, and like I said, that'll be on all the platforms. So yep. you can go check that out. And all yep. the we have four of them total. Check it all and out. And we'll also have uh, another live, uh, like three or four more live videos that accompany that with the Dreamcatchers, because I know you brought that up earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we did a whole session, and that should be up by then as well. Cool. cool. All right. Awesome. Thank you. That's Thank it you. with us. All right, all right. We'll see you guys next week. Thank Peace you, out. guys. This has been Level Up Cleveland. There's a new episode every week. Available now on all streaming services. You can catch every episode of Level Up Cleveland 
on YouTube. Till next week, rock on. That'll be fine.